Your Milwaukee Brewers now above 500. Hey-o! At 4-3, and three, as yes, indeed, they beat the St. Louis Cardinals 5-1 to one on the home opener for 4-1-4 day. Omar Narvaez, boop, out of the park. Get up, get up, get out of here. Gone for Omar Narvaez. And Rowdy Brandon Woodruff, five strong innings of work. It was a it was a no doubter for the Milwaukee Brewers. I never was in question the win over the Cardinals. I got it out of uh, the runs in early and said, you know what, no problem. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ronnie. Yep. And now they also are tied with the Cubs for the most wins in the Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that uh, when they came out <laughs> in the cellar with the Pirates, we knew it wasn't going to last too long. No. Yeah. But I think that was so far through seven games. That was the Brewers best game by far. Indeed. Indeed it was. I will take back. It is no longer the Milwaukee Ewers. No, no. Back to the Brewers. Brewers looking good yesterday, man. Um, Omar Narvaez, dude, early season slump, I guess you could say. Drove in two runs, including the first uh, home run of the season at American Family Field. So Willie Adamas got the first home run for the Brewers uh, on the road. And then it would be Omar Narvaez, the first home run at home at American Family Field. Um it was nice to see. And oh, it was a hell of a win for Milwaukee. I mean, so looking for yesterday uh, when I said there was actually some value on the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Reason being was Woodruff hadn't particularly thrown the ball well in spring and then was not very good his first start. No. Then you look at the fact that the bullpen, they had used Josh Hader three out of the last four days and all four days he got up and got warm. Devin Williams was used two days in a row. Boxberger was used two days in a row. You had to imagine that all three of those guys wouldn't be available. Nope. You were, you were right. You were right on yesterday, Rowdy. You said that. And then on the on the flip side, Wainwright has thrown the ball pretty well. And it's it's a game in which both teams are pretty familiar with each other. And, and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals bullpen was well-rested yep. because the Cardinals had had a couple rainouts here already in the first week plus of the season. Get a roof. I literally thought the only way the Brewers would win this game is if one, they jumped on Wainwright early or two, the, the Cardinals bullpen, like blew Blew something. Well, one, they jumped on Wainwright early and got got, four runs in the first three innings. They got his ass rowdy. And two, they got really good performances out of the bullpen. Dude, Trevor uh, got Yeah. Tre- so first. Gustave? Woody. Besides that home run he gave up? Woody should have had a few more strikeouts than what he did. The zone might have been. Right? We'll get into this. The we'll get into the zone of this umpire. For Brandon Woodruff. But he pitched extremely well. He wasn't walking batters like he did. His velocity was up a little bit. Woodruff looked back to what Brandon Woodruff looked like last year. Yep. Another good sign. Him and Corbin Burns looked to what they were up to last year in just two starts. But Trevor got out of nowhere. This was a gotcha. guy. Trevor got, got ya. He was he's a guy that was signed as like a quadruple Dude, A player, that right? That slider is nasty for Trevor Gott. He was he's been majority of his career in Triple A. Well nasty. Gott Gott was able to give you two innings. And one of the reasons he had why as many strikeouts as Brandon Woodruff. One of the reasons why he actually made the roster because you know how the Brewers had a lot of those guys that were like fringe roster guys in the relief yeah. as relief pitchers. Like they probably had another four or five relief pitchers that probably could have made the roster with a lot of other bullpens in the league. 
got was probably the reason why he actually made it was because he was out of options. So it was kind of <laughs> so, like, hey, we want to oh, yeah. we want to save all these different arms. We'll see what he's got. We're going to keep him on the roster. Well, he gave you two innings, just one hit, no walks. Like you said, struck two out two. Strikeouts. And then Gustave, who was another guy that was a fringe a bullpen guy last year and was used more the second half of the season. He came in outside of that home run. Yeah. Gave you two innings. Those two guys covered four innings for you and you got away. So not only did you beat the Redbirds who are, who were fresh, Yep, you jumped on Wainwright early and you had two guys that are lower level, low, uh, low stress relievers on your team come in and log four innings and get a win. Now you'd have to imagine heading into the weekend that, uh, at the very minimum, Devin Williams and Boxberger would be back tonight. Yes. And probably Hater as well. But Hater for sure would be good to go by Saturday. For sure. Dude, that was the it was a nice performance. Brandon Woodruff should have had way more than two strikeouts. The it was just the Cardinals were getting some contact. But it was a that was a fun game to watch. It, it, probably because you beat the St. Louis Cardinals too. But it was a fun game to watch. The Brewers were vibing. Uh, again, you have Andrew McCutcheon just getting it done. I mean, he singled the center and Colton Wong scored right away. You got Omar Narvaez going three ninety one with his home run. Hunter Renfro getting the back going. Yelly scored. Rowdy Telez scored. Omar Narvaez again with a number another uh, double in the third and then Colton Wong again singles the center and Jace Peterson scored and Rowdy there's so many funny things to talk about in this game from from Albert Pujols trying to steal third which was one of the funniest Did it things not look like he was running in mud <laughs> you know you know when you um, I don't know if you ever had this dream but I know it's a reoccurring dream for some people I've had it a couple times have you ever had the dream where you're running in slow motion and everyone else is the same speed normal speed have you ever no, had that no You've, have you heard of people talking about those dreams before? Though? Actually, no. You've never heard that? I've had the dreams a couple times in my life, and I'm sure people out there have, where you yourself are trying to do everything as fast as you can, but you're in slow motion while everyone else is in normal speed. That's what it looked like from uh, Albert Pujols. What was he doing? What did he thought Brandon Woodruff was napping or something? That was the easiest throwout I think I had ever seen from uh, Woody to third base. It was... <laughs> What, is, what was Albert Pujols doing? It was hilarious. I don't know. I feel like that's one where, you know, the Cardinals going to have to pull Albert Pujols aside <laughs> and say, hey, hey, let's not ever run. Yeah. Let's not ever run and look for stolen bases ever. How old is he? 40? 43? 42. 42. <laughs> January 16th, 1980. 42 years old. Albert Pujols. He could be older. He, yeah, you're right. I'll never get off that. He's got a, he's got a big wagon that he's dragging. As, uh, he, <laughs> it's like he's uh, running in mud or running underwater trying to get to third base. I have no idea what that was, but it was it was for some good laughs. And then what else? Um, well, the Cardinals... The Cardinals really didn't do a whole lot that entire game outside of the home run Gustave yeah. gave up when the Brewers were already up five nothing. Yeah, and that was yeah five to one, and then that ended up being the final score. And then uh, Colton Wong, they were talking about on the broadcast on Colton Wong uh, the last time that he stole a base on Yadier Molina. He actually took the base home. Did you did you have the Brewers side of things? I actually did have the Brewers feed last. Did night. you did you see that part where he took the base home last year of stealing on Yadier mm-hmm. Molina, and then he stole a base again. On Yadier Molina. Did not take the base this time. It wasn't as important as the first time he did it. You know, just because of this time with the St. Louis Cardinals and their their buddies. So that was cool uh, to see the Brewers running on Yadier Molina. And then, Rowdy, um, it was just nice to get that win for the crew to what you were talking about with that the low-stress relievers. Trevor got with a nasty slider. Gustave, you know, getting it done. 
Brandon Woodruff only on, what, 89 pitches, uh, yanked him out of the game. It's, it's totally fine with that. I'm not going to go yell into the abyss about Woody. It's not like he had anything in play when it comes to a perfect game or a no-hitter. So just an overall solid win for the Milwaukee Brewers. And I wanted to play this for Omar Narvaez. Bob Euchre's first home run call from American Family Field in 2022. Omar Narvaez looking for his first home run of the year. There it is! Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Omar Narvaez! And the Brewers add one more! No doubt about that, baby. No sooner said than done. I wish I would have asked him yesterday. (laughs) Oh, man. What a rocket that was. Omar's first of the year and his first RBI comes on a rocket to right. So thanks to the Brewers Radio Network for that one. You can catch uh, all the games here uh, if you're in the Madison area on our station, 96.7 FM, 1670 AM. I know our affiliates out there up in Marinette, uh, Shano, Clintonville, and the greater beautiful God's Country area of uh, Wisconsin. Check your local listings. But, yeah, nice to hear Euchre with the first call. I just love how the first thing out of his mouth, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but the first thing out of his mouth was this. Omar Narvaez looking for his first home run of the year. There it is. (laughs) Just like that. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Omar Narvaez. Bob Euchre spoke it into existence, Rowdy, for Omar Narvaez. And how about Christian Yelich, dude? Yelly, Yelly. Has almost had two home runs this season. Almost. He was, what, 109 miles per hour off the bat, 409 feet. Almost had it. Two days ago, he hit one 111 miles per hour, 398 feet. And last year, he just had one ball all season hit at least 109 miles per hour and 390 feet. They're talking on the broadcast. More evidence that everyone listens to this show. As Rowdy went on, what was that, Tuesday, talking about Christian, or maybe it was Wednesday, talking about Christian Yelich and his launch angle. I kid you not, Rowdy, on the broadcast, they were talking about if you get that launch angle up just one more tick, it would have been gone. They were listening to you. Yeah, it's actually really nice to see that he's starting to make really hard contact because Mm -hmm. we had seen all too much him rolling over to the right side of the infield, him hitting weak balls to the outfield. It's the last, I would say, three to four games so far, he's really starting to hit the ball really hard and to center. And I think that's only, only if he continues to do that, that's only good things ahead. Yeah. And here's another, some more good things with Christian Yelich. Uh, he has three doubles already this season, a total three doubles so far this season. What are we? Seven games in Christian Yelich didn't have three doubles until June 11th. Last year. Now you do have to take into account that he missed some games with that back. Correct. But it's, it's but a good yes, sign. But yeah. Good sign. Uh, not a home just, run yet. Just saying anybody. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Christian Yelich. It could be, hell, it could be Jace Peterson not, not having three doubles by June. Yeah. We're going to look at that a little sideways. Yeah. So, Yelly, not a home run yet. The ball is flying off the bat a little more, though. So it's just a matter of time before he does. Uh, God. Do you think Yelly gets a home run this weekend, Rowdy? You got uh, what? I'll say I hope so. Michaelis is up today. So, and then I don't know who's. You look at the the matchup today. Miles Michaelis, obviously a pretty solid pitcher. He's been around for a bit. Brewers actually hit him pretty well. Yeah. But on the other hand, the Cardinals actually hit Freddie Peralta decently well compared to what other teams in the in the Central do against Freddie. So. Maybe look at the over, but both bullpens, <laughs> both bullpens should be relatively 
healthy yeah. and fresh, especially with what the Brewers were able to do yesterday. And again, it's two teams that know each other. Yeah. It's all coming together. My kind of team. My kind of team. Is that you winning streak? That's three in a row, baby. That's a winning streak for your Milwaukee That's Brewers. What we call a winning streak. No longer the Ewers. Now just the Brewers with three W's for one, two, three wins. Stomp off. It is oh so sweet. Thank you. I would love to know more about whoever is singing that song, who that band is. I'll, I don't. All I know is I push this button and that song plays. That's all I know, and I know it's glorious. And then there's this one too. This one also glorious. Come see what the Brewers are doing. Let's call it Win Streak. That's three. Yep. Be a believer in what? Brew a fever, Rowdy. Oh yeah. And clap your hands. Speaking of sitting in the stands, Colton Wong, he was uh, nice yesterday for the Brewers. He talks about playing in front of a stadium on opening day for the first time that sold out for the first time since 2019. Take a listen. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, amazing. You know, anytime you come here, and fans are amazing. You know, it's just like you can tell there's a little bit of alcohol in there, you know, so it's a little rowdy, um, you know, but it's so fun. And that's what we've been missing for a while, you know, and now I think they're starting to get back to normal. Uh, you feed off of that, you know, this crowd, every single time they're out here, you know, you feed off just the energy they're bringing and that liquid courage. So, you know, I love it. You know, keep it coming. All right. So either Colton Wong's got a baby next to him or well, someone had way too had... much to drink and they're like in the fetal position. Him and his wife did just have a kid not yeah. too long yeah. ago. Uh, thankfully, he was not taking the clomiphene. Um, carotene, or, um, who the hell's the guy that got Pedro popped? Severino. Yeah, Severino got popped with. Caratini's the new backup catcher. Just uh, tapped on the shoulder here. Research department. Uh, Brewers Fever, produced by Perfect Pitch Inc. Uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio. It's not Ohio. But, uh, What's it called? Perfect to, Pitch Inc.? Yeah. Well, that must be like a it jingle. Like it was it's a jingle in, company. Yeah, it looks like it was made in 1980. So it's a jingle company. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, well, this guy sings like a phenom, dude. So I'm guessing it's in-house talent they used for yeah, that. Yeah, that's um, studio musicians. Now if they could find uh, brewers keep turning up the heat, we'll see what we can find. All right, research department is on it. But, yes, Colton Wong, that was an awesome little snippet there from Colton Wong, so, like talking about the fans having a little alcohol in them, getting rowdy, and it's their juice. They feed off of it. That was a fun game at American Family Field. That was just a good... If that's a sign of what things to come here for the season after you get that bad taste in your mouth in Wrigley, then by God, strap in, because it's going to be nice this season. That was that was legit. Also hilarious to see, and Rowdy and I were talking about this. I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did, RJ. But Albert Pujols trying to steal third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't see it, but... You saw it, it on Twitter? No, no, no. It, I, I was still at work when that happened. Oh, so you heard, so you heard, I heard it. And Euchre just going... Um, you know, he never was a fast, like he was like, he never was fast uh, when he was younger, but now that he's like, what is, how old is he? So Rowdy, like 42. Rowdy, yeah, did, that's not the Rowdy's never, make. Rowdy has never had this dream. He said, but I've had it a couple times. It's been years since I've had it though. Have you ever had the dream where you're in slow motion, but everything else around you is in normal speed? Like you're trying to run, but yeah, it's like I mean, really slow. Yeah. That was like Albert Pools. 
running in slow motion. Yeah, Rowdy yeah. had a good too. Is what did you say? Like running in mud, Rowdy? Yeah, that's mode? what it looked like. I mean, stuck in mud. It felt like he was running 180 feet. <laughs> uh, Craig Council actually talked about. Ooh. Craig Council was asked about Pujols trying to steal third. Here's what Council said: He's a smart player, and then he tried to catch, catch his nap in a little bit and catch catch Woody in a little bit of a rhythm. I thought it was another just how how Woody just didn't panic right there. You know that you can panic there, you can block there. When you see something like that, he just I thought he calmly stepped off and, and realized he had some time and, and we executed a play. Well what's there to panic about? You look over and there's some dude who's like sprinting, you're like, I think this guy's like power walking to third base. Here. Well and you would say I can that take my time. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the Brewers pitchers that they've had the last couple of years, they are pretty good athletes because we talked about how they've been pretty good uh, hitters yeah. as pitchers. Woody probably didn't panic because he's like, if worse comes to worse, I can probably beat Pujols to third base <laughs> and tag him out. Yes, totally. <laughs> uh, Woody talks about Pujols trying to steal third on him. Here's more from uh, Brandon Woodruff. I'll tell you what, <laughs> that time, I, you know, I come set two pitches in a row, and I think I'd kind of fallen into a pattern of, of taking a breath. I think he noticed it, and for whatever reason, I just held on just a touch longer. And, um, I mean, I – so I told myself as soon as he got on second that he wasn't going to steal. You know, I'm like, I'm not worried about him as a runner. Um, but that's what the Cardinals are good at. They're good at trying to take advantage of any time, you know, anything that you can give them. And um, for whatever reason, I just held it for a little bit longer and he took off. And it was, I was able to step off in time. So. I think he could have held it for even longer and it would have been all right. <laughs> what do you think, Albert Pujols' 40 yard dash it would be right now? Ooh, six. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. That is a big ass he, wagon. He's dragging. He might have come in last in our combine. A few. Yeah. So <laughs> I like to in the broadcast they were talking about no, it a little later. It's not a might. No, it he, is. Yeah. Well, even, even Gabby would have mopped the floor with them. All right. So did Gabby win that? Uh, Gab. No, Gabby. Gabby beat someone else yeah. a couple times. All right. But anyways, um, something that they were talking about the broadcast yesterday was the universal DH. And they're talking about, I don't think that Albert Pujols would be on the Cardinals if it wasn't for the universal DH. And then it turned uh, into... There's multiple facets to this uh, Albert Pujols St. Louis. One, it took the DH. Two, it took for the fact that the first 10 years of his career, he was an extremely good Cardinal. So it's like his send-off. Yeah. If, if he never played for the Cardinals... The Cardinals have absolutely no interest no, in bringing right. in Albert Pujols. Yeah. What I was, was going to get to, though, is then they t- transitioned to is Andrew McCutcheon. I don't think McCutch would be on the Brewers if it wasn't for universal DH, is what they're saying. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, do you buy that, Rowdy? I, I would still think that Andrew McCutcheon still has enough in him to still play like fourth outfielder and to get the bat on the field. Now, would the Brewers have paid him probably as much as they would, knowing that he wouldn't be out on the field? No, probably not. Or do they think they would have been playing him more? No, probably not. Yeah. Like, the reason why he's going to play this much is because of the DH. Like, he still easily could have been the fourth outfielder at age 34. But, yeah, he wouldn't be getting the same at-bats, and they wouldn't have paid him $8.5 million. Andrew McCutcheon has been phenomenal for the Brewers early on in the season. Another RBI for him yesterday in the first inning. He has four RBIs. He's batting two fifty. He's been in that DH position and been producing uh, for the crew. Colton Wong talks about you know McCutcheon's approach to each at-bat being just amazing. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, his approach, man, is just so professional. 
you know, and never trying to get too big, never trying to do too much. He understands that, you know, he's going to stay to the middle of the field and, and wait for the mistakes. And, you know, you try to learn from that. You try to pick that guy's brain because, you know, there's a reason why he's an MVP, the reason why he's a silver star, gold lover. I mean, the guy's done it all for a reason. And, you know, you just want to continue to learn and, and understand why he's so good. And one more from Wong and what they've gotten from Kutch so far. You know, Kutch is, you know, he's a seasoned vet, man. He knows how to do it in any situation. So, you know, to have him come up and do that was huge for us to get us on the right foot. And, you know, Woody kind of handled the rest. And we were able to you know, scratch a few more runs across. So when we're doing that, you know, we're, we're a dangerous team. I've always liked Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, his time with the Pirates for so long, you're just like, all right, there's a there's a bright, shining spot on the, on the Pirates team. Uh, when, was he an MVP, Rowdy? Uh, dive into the Green Bay Packers. Sammy Watkins is now in that wide receiver room. He is a wild boy, Sammy Watkins. He's a wild one. Him and Rodgers um, can have a nice little connection with uh, some of their beliefs when it comes to the extraterrestrials. We'll get into that momentarily. I think uh, if people think Aaron Rodgers is wild when it comes to some of the things that he does or thinks of or his mindsets. Look into Sammy Watkins. When they, when, yeah, when they said that they were signing Sammy Watkins, I literally thought of that article that came out I, I within right in front of me. a month or two after they won the Super Bowl or he won the Super yeah, Bowl with the Chiefs. Yep. And if you think the Aaron Rodgers mindset and stuff are strange, that's just the tip of the iceberg with Sammy Watkins. I'm going to read some snippets of this article because when I... When I read this article, it came. I think Tyler Dunn is the one who uh, wrote it. If I remember, correctly. he's been on the show before. I should ask him to get on. I read this article. I was like, "This dude is wild," and I am here for it. So, um, Rowdy, uh, again, just to remember, D Bag of the Week is up and active on our Twitter account, Zone Madison. You can go get your vote on. And if you don't have Twitter and you want to vote, you can call in at six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. I do have a couple burner accounts. So, like, I have two burner accounts, so I can cast a vote for two individuals who don't have Twitter. I don't think you have any burners anymore, do you, Rowdy? Nope, deleted it. Yeah, I got two burners. I don't really do anything much on it anymore, um, but I will vote for people if you need uh, your vote on the D-Bag of the Week. But, yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, the Sammy Watkins. I, oh, we'll, get, we'll get into it. I, I like the deal. So, so do I. We'll, we'll get into it one second. Uh, so, D-Bag of the Week, there's three entities. The lady who tried to glue her hand on the court in the Timberwolves play-in game. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, then there's Dave Roberts for pulling Clayton Kershaw from a perfect game. And then there's Clayton Kershaw himself for not fighting to stay in for a perfect game. Uh, right now, Dave Roberts is leading 55% of the vote. The glue lady at 41% and Clayton Kershaw 4%. All right, Rowdy. Before we dive into the wild weirdness of Sammy Watkins, $4 million is what the Packers gave. A lot of incentive-based, a one-year deal for the 28-year-old with the Baltimore Ravens last year. He had, let's see here, 27 passes for 394 yards, one touchdown. And then prior to that, he was with the Chiefs for three years. He won a Super Bowl with them in 2019. Aaron Rodgers already excited, saying he can't wait to get to work with Sammy Watkins. Uh, Matt LaFleur does have some uh, familiarity with Watkins after serving as the OC for the Rams in 2017, where Watkins had 39 catches for 593 yards and eight touchdowns that year. Um, so, Rowdy, you said uh, you like the deal. I also like the deal. It's... um. What was he, the fourth overall pick in 2014? A veteran with uh, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Packers are expected to add into the draft, obviously. Uh, Watkins, though, has struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. If I remember correctly, he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, though. 
Well, that's that's the biggest thing with Sammy Watkins is not being able to stay healthy. I think he was healthy for one or two full seasons in his entire career dating back to 2014. Now, if you look at what he did, you look at his numbers and you go, oh, that's not that impressive. I think he had one season where he was just shy of 1,000 yards and one season where he, he had over 1,000 yards. After that, it, it fell off. But the biggest thing with him is it's the fact that he wasn't able to stay healthy, but when he was on the field, he's an extremely athletic guy. Like he's a guy that can stretch the defense on deep balls, but he's also extremely quick. So if you gave him like a bubble screen or, or threw him the ball at the line of scrimmage, he's going to be able to make plays as well. And I think the one thing with like the numbers where people might look at some of the numbers in the middle of his career and go, well, that wasn't that great. You have to remember he was pretty effective with Kansas city when he's behind Tyreek Hill, he's behind um, Travis Kelsey, he's behind, he was like the third or fourth gun on that Kansas City offense. And obviously two of those guys were extremely good, some of the better guys at their position. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of the guy left over where he might stretch the defense deep every single time so Tyree Kill can go underneath. Or maybe they throw him a a little something over the middle or or close to the line of scrimmage so that they could float Tyree Kill deep. And then obviously when you have him doing those two things, you still have Kelsey coming over the middle. So like he wasn't getting as much attention when he was healthy just because he was buried so far on that star studded Kansas city chief team. But like you said, he made some huge plays in the super bowl that helped turn that into the, the chief's favor. I think if he stays healthy, it's a, it's a solid signing because I believe last year when he signed with the Ravens, he signed for $5 million. So you got him even cheaper. He's still not 30 years old. 28. So he's got a little bit of juice left in him, And like you said, it's incentive based, but we need to talk about the Packers receiving room. He comes to the Packers receiving room as instantly the best receiver, hands down. Yep. Like I had like it, Randall, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and when healthy, he is clearly in in clearly better than Randall Cobb when healthy, mm-hmm. especially at this point in both of their careers. You look at Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard might have better chemistry with Aaron Rodgers right now because Sammy Watkins has never played with him. But when you go athleticism yeah. tit for tat, I'm going to take big, Sammy. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to take Sammy Watkins over Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean, Alan Lazard, a big, you know, a bigger receiver. But I, I don't think Let's the have Packers good report are done. Rodgers. No, there's no way they're done. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good signing, especially. But when you sign Sammy Watkins, maybe if you brought him in in 14, 15, or 16, you were looking for him to be your number one receiver. We're talking about 2022. He's not going to be the number one receiver. No. Or if he is, he shouldn't be. So uh, Nader called in before the top of the hour in the 750 commercial break. And he's saying, I, I hope it's kind of like an Andrew McCutcheon thing. Like Kutch comes in for the Brewers, immediate success. You're being a nice veteran in the locker room. I I don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to be that locker room kind of guy. He did have a really good I was reading articles about his time in, in the Ravens with Baltimore that him and Lamar Jackson hit it off immediately. Uh, him and him and Lamar were like, you know, like they played together the whole career, it felt like, and they had good rapport and a good connection. 
I don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to be that kind of like Andrew McCutcheon type. Well, you don't need – not everyone on your team, when you have 53 players, not everyone can be the locker room guy. There are some people that have to follow the leader. Yeah. You have you have a few leaders and the rest are followers. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins probably uh, definitely more of a follower. But if he does his role and stays healthy, it only makes this team better. See, I – I agree. I don't know if Sammy Watkins is a follower. I don't think he's a leader, though, either. I think he's a guy that marches on to the, the football beat. field. Yeah, he's I'm a guy that, on the football okay, field. Gotcha. He's a follower because he's a guy that marches to the beat of his own drum. And the reason why I say that is now uh, we'll talk more about the X's and O's with Rob Reichel coming up here. But yes, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, this just like he did his job. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You are correct. And, and on he the was field. he was very good at not being the best guy or not being the captain, like of the accepting team. his role. Exactly. Yeah. He knew he was like the third option on on offense. He would run the deep routes, like I said, to open up stuff underneath. He would run the shallow routes to open up stuff deep for all the other guys. And occasionally, when it came to be his time, made huge plays like the Super Bowl. This is a guy that I feel like is starting to accept. Like, he still knows he's got the ability to be good, but he's all right with accepting, hey, if they need me to do this, I'll do it. Yeah, totally. And, and he's not he's not a rah-rah guy in the in the uh, locker room, but you don't. not everyone can be that. No, exactly. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the wild, wild mind of Sammy Watkins. It's crazy. Um, I'm totally here for it. I love the dudes that are on the lunatic fringe, and that's right where he is. Before we go to do that, though, let's uh, say good morning to line one. Who's this? Z and the D. What up, Z? What up? Hey, I don't have to. Now, you, you don't have to. You don't have to. Nope, no short and sweet for you today, baby. All right. So, but you are short reason, and sweet. You know, uh, what I'm yep, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, honey? Statistically, I am short. And you're sweet. It, well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, I, I'm liking the Sammy Watkins for multiple reasons. One, it's not a crazy deal. It's a four. It's a four million dollar deal. I mean, we've seen players that come in for cheaper deals. They prove themselves and give themselves a better deal with the Packers or with someone else. Number two, he's been a first round pick. He knows the life of a first round pick. So if the Packers were to get a first round receiver, he can help groom him a little bit. I mean, he knows what to do. He can help teach these kids valuable lessons as the number one receiver. And offense number three, he's a Clemson guy. You know who also is a Clemson guy? Mari Rogers. Exactly. So, oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> I know. Well, we, we like Al Lazard, Randall Cobb, and who? Oh yeah, Mari Rogers. We use a third round pick on him. Maybe he can help Amari Rogers get out of that funk. Maybe he can help him get him on the field. So that's why I'm liking the Sammy Watkins deal. Yeah, we're not expecting him to be the number one as of right now. He might be the number one, but when it comes to training camp, I don't think he's going to be the number one. I think he's going to be a solid number two. You got just uh, not Joe Sida go out. You got you okay over there? coming back. I had a little hiccup. Oh, a little okay. Burp here. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, you got Josiah DeGuara that needs to prove a little bit more. You got Robert Tungan that's going to come in back from his ACL tear. Probably won't be ready right away, but you know. Then you also got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. We might be a little more run heavy at first this year. But I think down the road, we're going to get more into the passing game. Um, but, yeah, I'm really digging this pickup. Hell, yeah, dude. And I'm digging your take on it, Z and the D. Any big plans for Easter? Uh, going to hunt some eggs? Mul- we got, uh, I'm not going to hunt any eggs, but we got some multiple family stuff going on. Eat some first ham? Part, we're gonna, 
first part, we're going to my dad's side, and then the second half of the day, we're going to my mom's side. Well, you enjoy it, dude. Have fun. And uh, hopefully, if you do find some eggs, there's money in it for you, okay? All right. I need that after. Uh, Rowdy, we're kind of stinking this week. <laughs> Taking it on the chin, I know. That's why I had to switch it up, take a little mental break from baseball. So you better hope you better hope Jesus puts a lot of those money-filled eggs around your house, okay? All right, sounds good. Let me see, buddy. Line two, good morning. Hey, it's Adam calling in. What's going on, bro? Adam, what's happening, brother? Happy Friday. What's going on, hey, bro? I'm glad we made it this far, right? Hey, um, yeah, we're not, we're not pushing daisies. We're good. <laughs> there we go. I wanted to touch base on the Sammy Watkins thing, and, and Zach kind of, like, mentioned some of it, um, any moves that you're hearing kicked around and all that, to me, it all comes down to the cost of it. And at $4 million, especially on a one-year deal, like I don't see how you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and, I think uh, I read a lot of it's incentive-based, too. So Sure. Well, and it should be with uh, his age, kind of like he's becoming a journeyman. You yeah. know, he's had some injury risks. Um, I do like the, his ability to take the cap off, especially running up the seams. Um, he's good on the shallow crossers and the medium kind of digger outs there. And I think it's going to help stabilize the offense. Um, That's a nice move. I, I like it. I mean, lo- a low risk, high reward, you know? Sure. And yeah. I'm still looking to add like another bet that's had some productivity. Another, you know, there's a couple guys out. I think Beasley's still out there. Jamison oh, Crowder. Oh, bring, Crowder. bring, bring me Beasley. I would love it. Oh, I love I love him off the field, and and do you need a chain mover on third? He's the two? man. He's as good as anybody. Bring you know us Beasley. I, I love that guy. Yeah, so I just want to touch base on that, and um, you know, all the drafts, the things that are being kicked around in drafts and stuff like that. I I don't want to overspend on any of them because I, to me, getting if you give up the same one and two you garnered for for Adams, and then you, you use that to get a Metcalf. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think you have to get a return on that investment somehow. And totally that, that could mean flipping for more mid round picks, you know, and, and making some hay <laughs> down there too. So definitely. Could you imagine though, they have two, you know, like, Oh my God, we're finally going to get a, a wide receiver in the first round. And then Goody ends up like trading them to move back. It'd be hilarious. No, I, I hear you. And I, I think that, <laughs> I think that it's going to be, it's going to take some, some time, no matter who they were to draft to, get him and, and Rodgers and Concerto. So they're they're going to need another vet that yeah. just, just kind of stresses the defense based on the tape that they've put out there over for sure, the years. For sure. so, all good, right, boys. Hey, good stuff, Adam. Have a good Easter, my man. You too. Thanks, guys. See you, brother. All right, well, uh, could, you, uh, could you imagine? I think the drinking rate would skyrocket in the state of Wisconsin if the Green Bay Packers – did not draft a receiver in those top, at least the top two rounds, or if they have like a really good receiver on the board in the first round, whether it be at 22 or later and they traded down or they trade and they traded oof. Oof. drinking would spike oof. Thursday night. That'd be a oof. I uh, will get into the wildness of Sammy Watkins a little later. I'll, I'll set the table for you before we get to Rob Reichel. Here's a couple of bullet points of this article that came out when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019 about Sammy Watkins. He's seen demonic entities. He refuses to talk about it, though. It's so vivid in his mind. He says he can control the outcome of almost any situation. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. We die every day and are reborn every day. He's seen someone teleport. He's seen a UFO. Rogers has also said that years ago. And the, my favorite one about Sammy Watkins, he says he is indeed an alien. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what Sammy Watkins legitimately believes. And who am I to say he's wrong?
He also proclaims that one day he will return to the planet Saturn, Rowdy, and that a new world order is coming as well. Well, have you ever heard about the uh, Saturn cube? The cube? What's the cube? Look up like Saturn black cube. I got to say, man, Sammy Watkins, I like the addition for the Packers. What is it, Rowdy? Say low risk, high reward. Yeah, and it wasn't that it wasn't that much money for a veteran receiver that's got a decently higher ceiling if he can stay healthy. Now, Sammy Watkins is a wild boy. We were talking about some of his uh he had this very crazy article come out after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Uh Tyler Dunn was the one I if I do believe remember correctly that uh was the author of article interviewed him. So Sammy Watkins I don't know how much you've dived into this article because I know you I read, read it, it when it came out at the time. My, my jaw was on the phone. Like, this guy's nuts, dude. Like, you know, like and I'm here for it. Sammy Watkins in some of his uh, comments. Let's see here. Uh, he can control the outcome of almost any situation, i.e. like he speaks things into existence and make it come to fruition. Therefore, Packers are probably going to win the Super Bowl this year. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. <sighs> I don't know about that one, despite him speaking things into existence. I don't know if Sammy He's got to have a hell of a career. He's got to, if he's going to make the Hall of Fame, he's going to have to be the Rich Hill of, of NFL wide receivers, where he was uh, better from age 30 to 40 than age 20 to 30. Uh, Sammy Watkins also says he's not afraid of death. And the quote from him in the article is, uh, I'm not afraid of death. Not when you've known you've probably died so many times and you're still here. You keep coming back. We die every day and are reborn again. There's a... Well, snip it from Sammy Watkins. That's a hell of a take. Wasn't something like he believes in like total karma and there's like demons all around. Yeah, and there's like demons all around. Positive energy all around. There's negative energy and positive energy all around. He he legitimately believes that he's an alien. I can get down with that. I also have alien DNA. He said he's seen someone teleport. Maybe he was watching Star Trek when he was taking some shrooms or something. Or they, Scotty got beamed up. I don't know. Uh, there's another one, Rowdy. Uh, he said about the pandemic, saying, quote, uh, Walk is not worried about the pandemic. We'll get past it, he says with confidence. When we do, he plans on leaving for Saturn to, quote, break the rings and crack the ice that surrounds us in the world that we live in, in this certain realm. How about that, Rowdy? It's an interesting one. Uh, he says, uh, what else does he say here? That he's seen a spaceship. Aaron Rodgers has also said that. So there's a nice little connection between the two. And then he talks about how everything is not as it seems. He said God could be the devil. The devil could be Satan. Uh, he feels like a dragon-like snake presence around him at times. And he refuses to talk about the demonic, uh, I'm sorry, demon possession, possessed things around demonic. him. Yeah, demonic, excuse me. Demonic visions around him at all times um this guy's gonna be wild dude i'm ex- i'm here i'm here for it i'll just say that i would love to interview him sammy Watkins. hopefully he can harness his demons and stay healthy how yes about that? there we go that's the recap there he goes uh he, and you know spirits or entities as he calls them move through all of us via the etheric body one of the seven bodies of multi-dimensional consciousness he said they can be good they can be evil they all want to experience our physical world most humans are not conscious to these ether beings, but he is. He says he can consciously ignore evil spirits trying to cling on to him, but also believes this. When he refuses to let the evil spirit get within what he wants, it can cling to someone else around him. So maybe some Packers got to look out for some demonic spirits. But when my man needs something, I will happily oblige because I got nothing but love for our guy Rob Reichel. 
Rumor is the mechanics yesterday trampled you underfoot, Robbie. Is that true? You know, it's just another trip to the garage, isn't it, Evo? You, you, you just kind of go in with that expectation. There's, there's the all-time great Seinfeld, isn't there, with, with Jerry going to get his, I think it was a sob at the time. It was a sob, it was, yep. Yep, and, and he's in there with Putty, and, you know, if it, if it was when Putty was going back and forth with his relationship with Elaine, Elaine and, yeah. and the bill kept fluctuating between like a hundred, hundred bucks well, and like four. It's because Jerry didn't want to do the high five anymore. He said, "Come on, yep, high, fi- yep. high five, high five. Depend, depending how everything was going with Putty and Elaine and the high five. Right? Elaine so, yeah. called him a grease monkey. He got all pissed off about it because he's a salesman you now. Got it. <laughs> you got it. That's, that's an all-time classic. So. I mean, which episode isn't? There's another one where Jerry Stop gets stolen by his mechanic because Jerry's not treating it right. And it was uh, Robert from Everyone Loves Raymond was the character, or was the right, actor, right. And, that, and he that, stole Jerry's car where, because he wasn't taking care of it properly. <laughs> right, and that's the one where Kramer and Newman are driving that uh, mail the truck, truck with, the, the, with the aluminum. With the aluminum cans. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. We could go on all day about that, couldn't we? Oh, so, I, I, I always watch that show. I mean, they'll never make a show like that again. I mean, Rowdy's finally going through it all. What season are you on? Four or five? Five. Halfway five? through five. And Rowdy's like, my God, they'd be canceling Jerry Seinfeld if that came out now. What, what a show. <laughs> Hey, Rob, I got to ask you before we dive into the Packers and Sammy Watkins, the new addition here. It's something that I laughed at uh, at your tweet. Uh, This was before the baseball season had started. Talk about Craig Council, bubble wrap, and, you know, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. My question for you, Robbie, uh, Rowdy and I had a day yesterday. We were just just sick to our stomach. In fact, Rowdy was more sick than I was. Rowdy basically calling it like the Dodgers should be ashamed of themselves. I was calling it almost a crime against humanity. What do you think about Dave Roberts pulling Clayton Kershaw 80 pitches for a uh, perfect game? Just just an absolute travesty. You know, and and, and I get it. It's early in the year and these guys are working into form and, and things like that. But, but guys, there's a reason people like Nolan Ryan and, and Mike Caldwell and, and people like that back in the day, just, just didn't miss starts. It's because there are you know, for, for, for Fergie Jenkins, for example, evil. He had, he had 35 complete games one season. Think about that. 35 complete games. I heard him on some radio show the other day. I think it was after the, the Kershaw thing and, and and the host said to him, you know, oh, this this has to be a typo, right, Mister Jenkins? You know, this there's no way you could have had 35. And he said, he said, of course I had 35 complete games back in the day. You know, we were men, we pitched, and and that was our job every four or five days. And you know, I mean, I mean, Nolan Ryan would have never had the, the no hitters he had. Um, you know, I I think the one year in in '82 when Mike Caldwell went 22 and nine for the Brewers, he he had 25 complete games. I mean. He'd have, he wouldn't have any today, Evo. And, you know, these these managers getting these guys out at, at, at 75, 80, 90 pitches. And and I just don't know what the long-term benefit is. And, and I'm sure they have it and, and the numbers to back it up and things like that, Evo. And they think it's going to actually improve the health. But, but to me, the health of these guys, the health of their arms came from pitching and pitching through things and building up their arm strength and, 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 and a guy like Nolan Ryan never missed a start for the most part in 20-plus years. In the you know, league. There were horses like that, evil all over the place. The Jim Palmers, you know, the, the Bob Gibsons, the Fergie Jenkins. They just went out there every four days and, and threw the damn ball. And, 
And these guys today are, you know, the wussification of this country continues more than ever in, in a sport like baseball, doesn't it? Yeah, and, I want to piggyback on that real quick because uh, Rowdy had brought this up uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's a Field of Dreams quote, right? It's like baseball's kind of a, a, a mirror to the society of America, right? Like, what's the, do you remember the quote, Rowdy, from Field of Dreams, James Earl Jones? It was. Yeah, it's basically like America has rolled on through the good times and the bad times, but there's always been baseball, and it's always kind of yep. been represented representative of America. Now, I mean, baseball I'm not, said an we're no stranger low. from bold takes right here, uh, Rob, but I think now uh, the landscape is, 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 is people hate people that are great and people are scared to be great now. So when you see someone doing something that's greatness, they don't want to offend other people. Therefore, you get pulled. But I mean, that's just, I mean, it's a microcosm, I think, of something. But when you see greatness unfolding, to be etched in the, the pantheon of time, that is Major League Baseball to be the 24th guy to throw a perfect pitch who you may never get that chance ever again. It's just, it's just sickening to see that you don't let someone be great. It's, it's sad, really. Yeah, and, you know, and when Kershaw goes in the Hall of Fame, Evo, that, that would be in the first paragraph on, uh, you know, on, on his bio. Won a World Series in the strike-shortened year of, uh, of 2020. Won all these Cy Youngs, and he had a perfect game in, in 2022. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge part of his legacy and who he is and making history the other day, you, you know, closer to home, you, you see it day in and day out with, with the Brewers and their manager and, and, to, and got old school guys, evil like me, it, it drives you absolutely nuts because you watched him last year with a six man pitching rotation. And he, and he, and he babied these guys like, like Burns and Woody and Peralta all season long. And you thought, all right, that's fine. As long as he throws them all nine innings against the Braves, well, the three guys combined in that series, Evo, a four-game series of 36 innings, those three studs, the best three, the best trio in team history, combined for 16 innings, 16 out of 36 innings. 44% of the innings came from your three horses. And what happened, obviously? You lost the series, right? So, you know, you, you just you, you scratch your head. You say, you know, what, what are these managers doing? You know, if you're saving them for October, it, it's one thing. But obviously in Milwaukee, that wasn't the case. And, you know, for a, for a passionate guy like myself and, and a lot of the fan base, it just drives you absolutely nuts. No, you're robbed. And I said this last year, Rob, and last thing before we get into Packers, I'm all right with the six-man rotation with the starters that they have when you throw Ashby in there, but don't just pull them once they hit 75, 85 pitches. At least let them let them finish, not maybe finish the games, but let them finish their outing. Yeah. And, and how about letting them finish a no-hitter like you saw with the Brewers last year, right, guys? I mean, there's there's been one in team history, and they've got a chance for the second one last year. I think that was probably, what, middle of September, right, with Bernsey? And, yep, yep. and, 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 yep. and they yanked them from that particular game. I mean, it's just... It was, uh, a, it was again, a Badger it's, football it's, it's, Saturday it's night. I, I, I get it. The world changes, and, you know, if you don't adapt, you die and all those kind of things. But, 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 but that is... You know, that's the bedrock, guys, of baseball is statistics and numbers and, and, and the beauty and the history of the game where, you know, uh, 715, that number means something, right? 406, that number means something. And, you know, you can talk about no hitters with, with Nolan Ryan and perfect games, et cetera, et cetera. Well, but, yeah. but, but, but that's the bedrock, guys, of, of baseball. And, and it's, it's being lost, again, with load management and, and getting guys out after – 80 pitches and things like that. And, and today's generation isn't going to have any numbers to oh, fall back on. Yeah, the way we did. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one last thing, Rob, I mean, you know, growing up, 
mean, who didn't want to be like that superstar pitcher, for example, like this? Wouldn't you love to have your name etched alongside of Cy Young, Sandy Koufax, you know, Randy Johnson, et cetera, et cetera? Like to be a part of those names would be incredible. And you know, no, it's not. So, Robbie, no, let's talk some no, Packers. And, and good for you, Evo, to spread to spread that word because. You know, so many of the the powers that be now in baseball are trying to convince people this needs to be the new norm. No, I mean, you'll never convince me of this people. stuff. Yeah. They're brainwashing people there. They're brainwashing people in the NBA that that say, "Oh, these these guys can't play more than sixty five games." In a season. Well, then well, you Michael see Adam Jordan, Silver. Adam Silver came out and said it's a problem that the stars aren't playing more games. So he's trying and, to fight and, it. But and, yeah, you're totally right. And, and God bless him. I mean, Michael Jordan, guys. You know, thirteen of his sixteen seasons, he played. He played 82 games, and it, it, it seemed to work out okay for him. You know, the couple times he didn't are, are like his, his second season in the league, right, when he missed 50 games with an injury. It was it was rare seasons like that. And, you know, back back in the day, Larry Bird didn't miss a game, right? I mean, Larry Legend. Uh, Sidney Moncrief didn't miss a game. Magic didn't miss a game. Jordan didn't miss a game. And and can you imagine, like, the Bucks guys a couple weeks ago on that Friday night when they rested the whole team, if you had paid, you know, $300 for your seat, which is, you know, what, what some of those astronomical – numbers are on on a bucks game and and places like that and you bring the whole family and you're paying a grant and uh, a grand so change a thanasis you watch the wisconsin herd i mean come on so rob uh, how about this transition uh, i'll do a vince lombardi quote from baseball to packers show me a good loser and i'll show you a loser vince lombardi <laughs> robbie the green bay packers sammy Watkins, the new addition what are we thinking about sammy Watkins? is this is this something great that the packers can have in their wide receiver room it's not great evil by by any means but it upgraded the room yeah. i mean and, and, that, and that's a positive i mean i i talked to a scout last night who said he, he's got to be your three he, he he doesn't have enough in the tank he's not good enough anymore to be a two let's say they find a one guys in the draft or make a trade prior to the draft you know, for a legitimate one, pairing him with Metcalf probably isn't good enough. You want Metcalf as your three, um, or, or I'm sorry, Watkins as your three. Um, you know, guys, eight years ago, you would have been absolutely giddy, right, to, to have him on your football team. He was the fourth pick in the draft. The same year, Devontae Adams went 53. Uh, we know how their two careers have, have kind of played out. Adams blossomed, five Pro Bowls, a couple All Pros, Watkins, guys, he he had two really good years to start his career in Buffalo, but it's but it's but it's kind of tailed off since then. And it, it's really interesting, guys. It, it, he signed a huge free agent deal in 2018, which was his fifth year in the league with Kansas City, and he had three touchdowns in the first game that season. And, and you thought, all right, it's it's going to click. He's going to go absolutely bonkos. He spent the next 47 games, guys, in Kansas City, almost you know almost the next full three seasons. He only had three more touchdowns in that time. And then he had one touchdown last year uh, playing with Lamar Jackson in Buffalo. So, you know, guys, you, you can't knock the quarterback play that he's had the last handful of years, right? He's played with Patrick Mahomes, who's an MVP. He played with Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP. Uh, Baltimore certainly uh, wanted him to have a more enhanced role. Um, they're, they're not particularly deep or overly talented, a wide receiver. They're very middle of the pack and he couldn't take advantage of it there. I, I think he gives Green Bay a boost, Evo, but but don't expect him to come into the building and you know catch 80 balls next year and, and nine touchdowns or anything like that from Rodgers. I think he's a 35-snap-a-game kind of player. When the season's over, I'd expect him to have 40, 45 catches, a few, tu- uh, a few touchdowns. But, but it, it reminds me a lot, Evo, of the, of the Devin Funches signing a couple of years back. 
Oh, okay. Would you say oh, I got two questions I for you about Funches? Would you? I think he's got a higher ceiling than Devin Funches did. But my I'd my agree. second question would would be. I, I thought he did a, a pretty solid job at doing what he was asked in Kansas City to play behind Tyree Kill, uh, Travis Kelsey, and some of those other weapons. Like, I think he kind of, those numbers might not necessarily reflect how good of a player he was just because there was only one ball to go around and you had multiple pro bowlers that were also taking passes as well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all, Nelly. You know, the one thing that's a concern is he's about to be 29. And he hasn't played a full season since his rookie year of 2014. You know, he's missed about a quarter of the game. So he's he's certainly been injury prone, um, you know, and, and, and that worries you a little bit. I, I, I'm with you on his role in Kansas City. I mean, that offense was obviously, you know, centered around Hill and Kelsey and, and Herdman and, and, and some of those guys, you know, before Sammy Watkins. But I but Nelly, they signed him to a three-year, $48 million deal. They, they expected more from him on their side when he came into the building. He, they expected him to, to absolutely grab that number two wide receiver job and, and probably have 60-plus catches inside that offense, and, and that never really happened. It never really clicked for him there. It never really, really clicked for him last season in Baltimore where he had a career low in, in, you know, in catches with 27, and I think his receiving yards were at all-time uh, career low as well. So, you, you know, you worry, you know, if, if you're a Packer fan, that, that he's clearly on the downside of his career, that his best years probably came coming out of Clemson right away with Buffalo. He was a 4-4 guy back then, Nelly. He's probably a 4-6 guy right now. Um you know, inside that offense, playing with Aaron Rodgers, there's going to be chances and there's going to be opportunities. But I don't know right now, guys, that, that he's dramatically different or dramatically better than, than a guy like Alan Lazard who's already in the building. Right, so, Rob, save this for a future file for an article at Forbes.com, my friend. So Aaron Rodgers once said many years ago that he indeed saw a UFO. Sammy Watkins also <laughs> says that Sammy Watkins says he is an alien. And has seen a spaceship. So I had a listener tweet me yesterday saying this, that by the end of the season or maybe the start of the season, Sammy Watkins will be doing the Panchakarma cleanse that Rogers has been doing, the therapeutic vomiting and, and, and crapping out of your other end. So save it for <laughs> like, these two could become like in here, like a mind meld. So if Sammy Wat- Rogers could make him into an MVP, Rob, just save that. All right. With the UFO thing. Okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that one in the bank and, and let it gather. <laughs> probably, very, very, probably very little interest, people. So. Well, I'm, I'm interested, Rob. I'd read it at Forbes.com from you, okay? No, 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 no. I, I, you know, when I say put it in the bank and get interest, you know what I mean. Oh, so. oh okay, never mind. I got you on that one. And Rob, yeah, move- it, it, uh, that, 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 that may draw very little interest, though. We're, we're getting, you know, uh, pennies on the dollar on maybe, that one. You know, after the draft, there's not much to talk about. Maybe that could be like a little thing. So, Robbie, speaking of the draft, upcoming, what – I mean, Art, are you going out to Vegas? Are you staying here in Wisconsin and checking out the Packers? Like, what's what's on deck for Robbie and Los or the draft upcoming on uh, the twenty eighth? Yeah, thirteen days away, right? And I, and I know, I know, I know the fan base. I've been getting texts and emails and calls from all my buddies saying, "God, will that thing get here already?" Because you know, we're we're, we're so tired right now of of of, of, of talking about Chris Olave, right, and, and Traylon Burks and you know, Jahan Dotson and, and everybody that the Packers might take. Uh, I'll be in Green Bay Evo myself. I, I, I go over there. The Packers do a really nice job yeah, good uh, with the draft in terms of, 
of, of bringing out, you know, let, let's say they take a, take a running back, for example, they'll bring out the running back coach and he'll talk about the player. Gutekunst will talk about the player. They'll bring out the area scout to talk about the player. They'll get the player on the phone for everybody. So they do a nice job, you know, kind of regardless of position, uh, you know, ma- making some various people uh, available. And it, and, it, and it really does help your draft coverage uh, when it's all said and done. But, but I'm, I'm with the fan base, Evo, you know, I, I've been writing about it now for about a month. I'll keep writing about it, obviously, and until the draft gets here on, on the 28th. I've, I've had daily projections in terms of guys that the Packers could take there at 22 or, or 28. We'll keep writing various stories like that uh, up until the draft. But, 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 I, but I'm anxious myself, Evo, to, to see how this is all going to play out. You know, the, With Green Bay having the 2-1s, the 2-2s, all this ability to move around the board, um, but then you think about it, Evo, there's seven other teams in the league right now, too, with two first-round draft picks that have absolutely, you know, the same opportunities that Green Bay is going to have to move around the draft board. It's, it's going to be a fascinating Thursday night when this thing all kicks off because I'm going to guess, guys, between, let's say, like picks 12 and 20, you're going you're to see a run of about six wide receivers. And, and if, if Green Bay wants to – you know, get in that game of, of musical chairs and, and, and not be stuck when it's over without a chair slash without a wide receiver. <laughs> They're going to probably have to get up into that, you know, 14, 15, 16 range. And, and they've obviously got the capital and the ability to go and do it. But, but watching all these teams kind of maneuver guys that night uh, around the draft board, you know, to, to get the wide receiver of their choice. And, and, and it's fascinating, Evo, because, you look at it too. All these other teams with two uh, number one draft picks: Detroit, Houston, right? Kansas City, the Jets, the Giants, the Eagles, the Saints. You know, you look at all those teams, and they all need wide receivers, just like Green Bay does. So, it, it, you know, if, if I'm sitting there right now at you know pick thirteen, at fourteen, fifteen, right, or or even ten guys, and a guy like Garrett Wilson from Ohio State falls into your lap. You know, you're probably getting calls from four or five of these teams like Green Bay, like Kansas City, like, you know, like the Saints who want to move up and grab that player. So, it's like I said, it, it, it's going to be a wild Thursday night. You're going to see a ton of trades. There, there, there's going to be, um, you know, incredible activity in terms of teams moving up and down that draft board. And, and personally, guys, I, I can't wait. Rob, real quick, if they stay put at the two picks that they currently have, we're two weeks out. What are your ideal Packers draft? Oh, the, the big breath. Robbie? See, oh, all right, well, I, I'm going to answer this two ways. Number one, I wouldn't stay put, Nelly. I'd get into the top ten, and, and I'd, I would look for the next Jamar Chase because you've got a two-year window to me here with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you get three out of him with this new contract, but 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 best guess is you're going to get two. So you've got to go for it. And right now you don't have the wide receivers to pass the Rams, to pass Tampa Bay, to pass Kansas City, to pass Buffalo, people like that. So I would go big or go home, Nelly, um, and, 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 and I would trade those two picks you know, if, if you if you look at the value on the NFL, uh, you know, kind of draft uh, the, the the draft trading board, the, the draft value chart that so many teams use, Nelly, those two picks at twenty two and twenty eight can get you up to about seven or eight uh, overall in the draft. I trade them both. I'd get into the top ten and I'd get the wide receiver I wanted. If if it's just me staying home, Nelly, at, at picks twenty two and twenty eight, I, I guess. 
you, you, the board the board's going to dictate in a lot of ways where you go. And like I said, yeah. guys, I, I I think I think there's going to be five or six wide receivers gone uh, by the time it gets to Green Bay at, at 22. You're going to see a run on on wide receivers in the mid teens. But let, let, let's just say. Let's just say, you know, kind of this all breaks, guys, in terms of maybe where we rank players on the big board. I, I think you got a chance at 22 of either a guy like Olave, uh, maybe or Traylon Burks, and then and then he can probably get your edge rusher down at 28, Nelly, maybe an offensive tackle. Uh, but again, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I'm going big. You got you got two or three years left with Aaron Rodgers. You, you got to find a Pro Bowl stud wide receiver. I get into the top ten and I take the wide receiver who I'm in love with. Go big or go home, Robbie. That's why I got Bring It On Home by Led Zeppelin for your outro, my man. What a jam. We love you, Robbie. Forbes.com, Conley Media, Rob Rice on Twitter. Hey, uh, you have yourself a nice Easter, will you, Robbie? Eat some extra ham for me, okay? I, I will do that. Happy Good Friday, and you guys have a great Easter. See as well. you, brother. Thanks. Much love, Robbie. Much right, love, bye. baby. See you. There he is. Shame, shame, shame on me. First time I think this has ever happened. I need to uh, admit I was wrong. Wow. I don't think I've ever been wrong in my life, Rowdy, until right now. (sighs) Yesterday, as I was setting up my interview with Zach Heilprin, I said, hey, Zach, would love to have you on at 9 o'clock. Zach said to me, as he was at opening day at home opener for the Brewers. He said, sorry, I can't do nine. I'm recording the camp with Jesse Temple from the Athletic. And I said, well, how about seven o'clock then? That sounds a little better. Can you fit it? Is that too early? And he said, you know what? I'll get up early for you to come on at seven o'clock and talk Brewers and Badgers. Well, here's the thing. Despite me getting up this morning and telling myself, Zach is on at 7. Remember it, Ebo. He's on at 7, not 9. Once I got into Midwest Family Broadcasting, I totally spaced it and uh, did not call Zach at 7. Instead, tried to call him at 9. He didn't pick up. Then I remembered he's recording the effing camp. So, Rowdy, that's on me. First time I've ever been wrong on something. Wow. Sorry to disappoint, everyone. Does Dave want to retract something he did, too, or... Yeah, Dave said he didn't realize that he bet that game on Wednesday and the lines come down five. And I didn't look. I just read it. (laughs) Good thing the weekend's upon us. We can uh, do a little rest, relaxation, reset, put a little maple syrup in the hair, recharge the batteries. Hey, I'm sorry to disappoint. That's that's wild. Yeah, line one, who's this? You owe me. Oh, my God, it's Zach Heilprin. Zach. Good morning. Good morning. You you heard all that? I did. That's I the, appreciate I appreciate the sarcasm. It was awesome. The, the, the sarcasm, Zach Halpert. I've never been wrong. I had to admit on these airwaves that I was wrong. I admitted it. Never admit you're wrong. I was tearing never. up a little bit that I forgot. Him. I, I, oh, it's, oh it's, no, excuse me. It's, it's never apologize. Never I know. Apologize. I know. I went against, I, that's how much you mean to me. That's how much I care about you. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I, I, I hope you didn't get up early. Oh, Enough. you know I did. Oh, my God. I feel just terrible. I was like, well, he forgot about me, but that's okay. I'll I feel right. just terrible. Just I terrible, bet. Zach. So um, how'd the episode cool. of the camp go? Awesome. We had a, we had a great episode. I was, we were just finishing up. So we started, we started early. So 
so we were, I was I was getting done right when you called and um, thanks for bailing yeah, me out, um, dude. Thanks for bailing me out. I retract. I retract uh, anything I just. Well, I don't he like retracts it. his retraction. Yeah. So uh, this is all, all a gimmick. Right. We all set. This is all a gimmick. I set this up. Yeah. All set up. <laughs> hey Zach, how was how was the home opener? Uh, baseball, one of your favorite sports of all time. How was the <laughs> home opener of the Milwaukee Brewers against the St. Louis Cardinals? For you baseball, personally, the man. sights and sounds the, to be back baseball. at American Family Field. It's baseball. Um, Pretty long season, eh? Well, they, well yeah, they, they called it. Uh, they called it a sellout. I thought that there were quite a few open seats. Uh, it felt. I don't know. If it, it felt weird. It felt like. I don't know. I don't. Maybe you guys. Uh, okay, can, I have an idea. Maybe, I have an idea. You can say this, but like, I was just. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask. Like, do you, are you were you less excited about yesterday because you'd already seen six games? Like. Did it make it less exciting that it was a home opener? Because yes, 100%. Because you were yeah. waiting since like late February when they start you know, opening spring training and playing some games. And then all of a sudden you get to what, roughly April 1st most years? And you're like, yes, it's opening day. And then yeah. when you don't have a home opener, you're still ex- extremely juiced for opening day no matter what. But then the home opener is kind of like, eh, it's a week old. Yeah, was, there's was a little luster lost. If it was like the first game of the season, yeah, I would have been stoked. But uh, I'm thinking about it, Zach, and here's the reason why I think there were some empty seats. It just dawned on me is, you know, there was not like a, fans for a home opener last year, right? So it's like you couldn't be in the parking lot. I bet you there's a lot of people in the parking lot just getting absolutely loaded, and they probably passed out in their chairs or their cars or whatever, and they didn't make it in. That's why there's open seats. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't it limited seating last year? Was that yeah, something stupid I, like that? It doesn't matter either way. Yeah, last yesterday was the first time that they were they could have had a full stadium for the opener since 2019. Um, so again, I. It, it felt weird. Like I've covered opening days before, and it felt like there have been more. There have been more exciting and more juiced crowds, and it just it wasn't. Again, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they won the game. That's I mean, that's what matters. It was an exciting uh, game. It felt, well. It was a good. It was I think the most complete game we've seen from the. Brewers. It was their best game this season. Yeah, there's no yeah, doubt. I mean, it just really good job of uh, Brandon Woodruff bouncing back from you know a, a disastrous opener, right? Yeah, and then. Uh, my favorite part of the game was was the was the third inning when he got into that jam because the umpire couldn't actually see what a strike was two of them actually, and uh, then he comes off the field and he's telling him to do his effing job. Yeah, I wanted to get into but, this Zach because like something like uh, as a, the world renowned Porter and amazing man that you are, it's like where Rowdy and I will yell at referees and umpires. You are more like you know X's and O's on the court, but even in your awesome article at MadCitySportsZone dot com, the not so good. Was the umpire like that? That strike zone of his was brutal. Yeah, I call it pathetic. Pathetic, probably a little bit of it, probably a little over the top. But I just and the thing is, when you're looking for something that's not so good, when you play your best game of the year, it's kind of hard. But so I might as well just get that one on the way because it's like an everlast. I mean, it, you yeah. can use it every single time. But the umpire, yeah, he's horrible. And the what, what, what did he say? He, what did he say? Yeah. Do your effing job. Uh, from the, from the. I feel like that's not an insult. That's just an expectation. Yeah. But but he. I mean, he got after him. And then he was told to shut up, and uh, and he did. But like, I thought it was. He, what he did was great, though. Like he was clearly pissed off, and he said in last in past years maybe he would have let it get to him, and he gives up a a single or he gives up a double and they score. You know, they it's a different game, and he didn't. He. You know, buckled back in, got the guy to fly out, and, and the inning was over. And then he laid into the in, into the uh, umpire again. I, Woody is all I, of us. Woody is all of us. It, it feels like 
they continue to give us evidence every single day or every single game that they're just not capable of doing the job. And I understand the human element of it and people enjoying the human element of the game at times. Mm -hmm. But with that, it's just, there's just no consistency. And um, he was horrible and he deserves to be replaced by a a robot. (laughs) Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now at opening uh, home opener for the Brewers yesterday. Uh, Another moment that I really enjoyed Zach, and I would like to get your reaction of uh, maybe you saw it unfold was Albert Pujols trying to steal third. (laughs) On Brandon Woodruff, was that? <laughs> have you ever had the dream where uh, you're in slow motion and you're trying to run, but everything's slow motion, but everything around you is like normal speed? Have you had that dream? I haven't because I'm, I'm not fast, so I never really, you know, like, you know what I mean? like I'm. I feel like you'd be faster than Albert Pujols, though. I think I could beat him. I don't know, but he's he's 42, 40. Like I feel like he probably could still beat me, but he looked honestly like an 80 year old running there. And uh, but the, the thing is, like, it had some sense behind it because he had. You know, Brandon Woodruff had gotten into a little bit of a rhythm, and he was, you know, taking a, a breath. And Pujols saw it, and he tried to beat him on it. He just couldn't do it. I'm not sure Pujols beats him at any point in his career, but certainly not at 85 years old, uh, the way that he was running. Like it wasn't even running; it was more waddling. It was like it was like power walking. Yeah, it was more of a waddle yeah. than it was any kind of like a. It was like a penguin, right? It's like a penguin walking, and it. it it just wasn't close. Like so. I, I totally understand what he was, what he was thinking, and, and like you played the scenario out there. But you also kind of have to know who you are. Like if that was Harrison Bader, he's probably on third base. But it's Albert Pujols, <laughs> age forty two, and I, yeah. I think uh, Woody did not panic because he realized, man, worst comes to worst, I'm gonna out sprint him to third base and tag him out. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like everyone's like, everyone was shocked. Like and it left everyone just like, what? What was he doing? It was, yeah, it was, it was funny. It was amazing. Sometimes the, one like, of those like off the wall moves work out. But you know, this time, he plays DH now these days for St. Louis. That is designated hitter. I don't think we'll ever uh, confuse him for the designated pinch runner. Yeah, the designated third base stealer. Yeah. Hey, uh, Zach, um, something so on the broadcast, because um, I was watching it on the um, – uh, I'm not saying it was a crack stream, but it could have been. But, and then they were talking about how if it wasn't for the universal DH, that Pujols probably wouldn't be on the Cardinals, maybe. But then they talked about Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, dude, ha- McCutcheon again showing up big for the Milwaukee Brewers. A veteran presence in the locker room can go a long ways in just about any sport, yes? Like a Kutch in the Brewers locker room? Yeah, it's, but it's not even just a locker room, right? Like, I mean, it'd be one thing if it was just a locker room when he was doing and he was having such a great influence in there, but he's played extremely well. I mean, he's got five. He's got RBIs in five of the seven games they played. He got them off to the, off to a good start yesterday. I mean, they could have they could have wasted that uh, leadoff triple by uh, Wong. I mean, like they didn't couldn't get him in two outs, and he gets you know gets the single to to bring him in. And uh, I, again, it just feels like he. I know everyone what say it is the nickname Clutch or excuse me Clutch, right? Clutch, like, Clutch. Yeah, like I mean. He has been to this point. I, that signing has been huge yes. to the first yeah. what week and a half of the season. I mean, he's been, I think, all you could ask for and more. And yeah, I mean, it's the, the DH. Would would he be on this roster if he were? I mean, if, if he was just a player, I, I I think he can still play in the field, but yeah. probably not an everyday kind of guy. But to have him in the lineup every day, huge. Huge. Well, I think he definitely would still be on this roster. He'd be like the fourth outfielder that spells Yelich and potentially right. the Lorenzo Canes and Renfro's of the world. But you're not paying him eight and a half million dollars. No, yeah. no. And 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark Antonofio said yesterday that uh, apparently he was not uh, in the budget this offseason, but they found room for him because it was him, whatever yeah, that. I saw that. that. I saw that too when I kind of rolled my eyes. Uh, yeah. b- before we, uh, I ask you a little bit about um, uh, Sammy Watkins and, and some of your beliefs in extraterrestrials, uh, let me ask you this, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Yelich, is there a belief in Yelly this year? We're seeing it a little bit. Uh, should we be drinking the Christian Yelich Kool-Aid again? Well, I haven't seen an updated version of Mount Notice. Is he still on it? Rowdy? Who is this? Yelly. 100%. Okay, all right. <laughs> but is it is it impossible to deny that he's tattooing the ball? No, his last four games, and we've talked about this, he's finally starting to square up pitches. He's He's hitting the ball hard up the middle into left field. He just needs to – there's something off with his launch angle and swing path when it comes to trying to pull the baseball. It feels like just a matter of time, though, before those home runs start coming, right? I mean, the, the way that he's – that he is – If he around, continues to swing the bat like he is the last three, four games. Yeah, but, but like it just – like he just missed one yesterday, right? Like yeah. that was it, – it was, he just missed it, and I – I don't know if he's ever, we don't know if he's ever going to get back to what he was in, in 2018 or even, you know, 2019, but the way he's at least striking it, I think has to be a huge, like, uh, you start feeling good. Like you, you kind of have some hope there yeah. that it could potentially start trending that way. Yeah, totally. All right, Zach. Um, so awesome t- uh, coverage for you there for the home opener four one four day, my man. So, how about this? First pitch at four fifteen. <sighs> oh, they're off by a minute. Tis tis tis. Yes, Zach. Do you believe in aliens? Yay, yay or nay? I believe in aliens. Yes. Yes. So Aaron Rodgers. But I don't believe. Hmm? But yes. I don't believe that they. I don't believe that they've visited us. Well, I don't know if you knew this or not. Well, Aaron Rodgers did say he saw a UFO years ago. Uh, Sammy Watkins also said he saw a UFO, but Sammy Watkins also saying that he is indeed an alien. So they have visited us. In fact, they're in Green Bay. What do you think of the addition of Sammy Watkins for the Packers? Didn't he? Didn't he say that he visited, like, was in a ship, or is that? Yeah. No, he I... said he saw a ship, and but he is an alien, and he's going okay. to like return well, to Saturn someday. He's a wild boy, I, and I'm I here mean, for. It. I'm here for it. Yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers are going to get along famously. Uh, they. I, it's a nice addition. I, I, is it much different than what they did with Devin Funches? That's your buddy Rob Reichel brought that up. Oh, all right. Well, then I, I don't want me to take that away. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, Rowdy, what did you say? It's more of a ups, more of a higher upside. He's got kind of. definitely a higher ceiling than what Devin because Funches he's, had. Because yeah. he's got speed. But yeah, you because are you are right. Like there are shades of Funches for sure. That, but like like the idea of just bringing in a veteran to add to the room. Last year, Funches had a huge uphill climb to make the roster. Sammy Watkins does not have that huge uphill climb now. We'll see what they do, what, two weeks when the draft happens, and maybe he will have a little bit of a higher <laughs> climb up, but he's only making – I mean, the contract's only for up to $4 million, so it's not like it's a huge, huge hit on their thing. He just He's just not going to play special teams, um, just like Devin Funches, so you have to be contributor at wide receiver. I, I mean, the dude's on his fifth team since 2014, so uh, it, it hasn't always worked out for him, but I think Aaron Rodgers, apparently, uh, Mac V said that they're, they're, he's excited yep. about the signing, and uh, we'll see. I, I don't know what Sammy Watkins has left. I don't think he's your replacement for Marcos Valdez-Scanley by any stretch. I think they still have to go in the draft and get that. Ooh, I got it, Zach. So, I mean, remember when Devin Funches uh, was a Packer? He did not come to the voluntary um, uh, minicamp or whatever it was, and he yep. was actually was in Hawaii. Aaron Rodgers also was in Hawaii. How about this? This offseason, Rodgers and um, – um, 
Sammy Watkins, they go to Roswell, New Mexico together and vacation by Area 51. How about that, baby? And they will do they the poncha, they'll do the Pancha Karma cleanse waiting wait for aliens. Uh, yummy. Uh, will, will they <laughs> stand outside with the, like the signs saying everything we believe type of stuff? Or is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, will, will they try oh, and yeah. sneak in? Well, I feel like they more like sneak in. I feel like they, they were sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I bet you they're sneaky. Yeah, I bet you they sneak around. So, uh, Zach. Buddy Rogers. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, dude, when it comes to uh, Badger spring practice, is it their mm-hmm. their 12th practice tomorrow? Yeah, we practice number 12, and we got four more to go. How are they looking from what they let you see? Yeah, from what we get to see, a lot of good. How's a lot how's, of bad. How's Mercy? A lot of good, a lot of bad. It's, it, it's spring. It's, it's spring. Mertz. It's spring. It's Graham Mertz. Didn't didn't have his greatest practice uh, yesterday, but <laughs> he's had, he's had more good moments than bad. And I think you could say that, which is always positive. I always this is so tough to judge because you're playing against a really good defense, and you're also playing against a defense that really knows you well. And if you do something well, did the defense do something horrible? If you, if, if the if you do something horrible, did the defense do something good? I mean, it's it's always difficult to judge exactly where they're at, but Graham has had his moments and he's had his not so great moments. I feel like I've been hearing this the past four springs. (laughs) Said Nelson every single time we have this conversation. Hey, hey. And Evo. No, no, I'm back on. No, you're not. Caleb never wanted Caleb Williams, never wanted him. (laughs) All in on Graham Mertz for seemingly like the 20th year. Uh, Zach, can we get a little just a peek into the camp that was recorded before? uh, When's it going to be released? Can you give us a little teaser, a little appetizer? (laughs) We released later today a lot of offensive line talk. Wisconsin people love that. Bob Bostad said that we need to get this thing back to, and then he cut himself off because he didn't want to insult anybody. So he's got that going for him. Clay Cundiff, if you remember, got taken off an ambulance last year yeah. uh, with that ugly leg injury where his foot was pointing back up at him. Oh. We got a chance. We talked uh, with him about all of, about his recovery and um, some more good things. Whether this defense could be as good as last year. Hey, you guys could, Zach, thing. you specifically could just talk about paint drying and that beautiful voice of yours, I'd listen. Mm. Rowdy Jameson? No, I was just going to say, Cundiff made some really nice catches early in the season, and it was unfortunate that he went down. Absolutely nobody in this world would have ever thought that if you look at last year's stats, who had the second longest catch of all uh, of the entire season last year? It was Clay Cundiff against Notre Dame. And it was and over the shoulder, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was pretty. They, yeah, they they fooled him good. He was wide open. Graham Mertz kind of under threw him. But, yeah, it was, uh, he was wide <laughs> wait, open. Wait, what was that? What did you say? What, what? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, Zach, thanks for bailing me out. I totally felt bad that I said I'd call you at 7, 9, but there you were. And you just all heard me admit I was wrong for the first time in my life. Well, look at that. That's right. It was a broken heart sitting there at 7, and then 7.01, and then 7.02, and then 7.03. But whew, He was on Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, thank you, Rowdy. Glad I got to talk to you. Zach, we love you, man. Have a good weekend. Yep, talk to you guys. See you, buddy.